Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. The views and opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Building Arizona Families, its management, or its staff, or those of the band Little Texas. God bless Texas. Life and sin to spread the message. Mm, God bless Texas. Today we are going to circle back around and talk about the topic of abortion. It's all over the news right now. There are some huge uh, events that have taken place, and we're going to go into those in detail. There was a new law which took effect on September 1st in Texas banning abortions at six weeks when a fetal heartbeat can be detected. This law was actually signed on September 1st in Texas after Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed it last May, but it didn't go into effect until September 1st. Right. That, that's an awful long time, it seems like, but that's kind of how laws work. So the legislature put forth this law and... It goes to the governor's desk, who can either sign it or veto it and say no go, and he signed it, and it officially took effect on Wednesday the 1st, so this is now the law of Texas at this moment. Right, because it, it says that up until September 2021, Texas permitted abortions up to 20 weeks. After 20 weeks, pregnant people could only get an abortion if they had a life-threatening medical condition mm -hmm. or if the fetus, we say baby. Uh, had a severe abnormality. Um, so this bill makes no exceptions for pregnancies that resulted from rape or incest, but we know from all of the studies that we've done and the research that we've 
uh, gone over that that's a very small number to begin with anyway. Right. That's like less than one-tenth of a percent. Right. So. Uh, the Supreme Court is hearing another case in Mississippi on the state's 15-week abortion ban. So this is really causing all kinds of uproar. What that is doing is the states that are not jumping on the bandwagon or following the lead of Texas are at least talking about it. We're bringing mm-hmm. more awareness and more education to the topic at hand. And in our podcast, that's really our goal, is we want people to understand not just the catchy slogans and, you know, the horrific pictures they show, um, you know, anytime you see anything that is um, super sad, it's hard to look at it. And but we want people to really understand what's going on. Right. I encourage everybody to get all the information from both sides that they can and make up their own mind, but do it with education behind them. Yeah. What's so fascinating to me, though, is the U.S. Supreme Court did not rule on the constitutionality of the law before it took effect. I guess on Wednesday, in a five to four decision, the court voted against blocking the implementation of the law before legal challenges could be heard in court. This vote does not decide if the law is constitutional or not, just that it can be implemented before the full case is heard in court. So we don't know if this will stick, obviously. But in the meantime... What's so amazing is we don't know how many lives will be spared in the interim. And I think that, you know, an hour, a day, a week, a month, if we get lucky and it's a year or longer or permanent, I think that that's what's so amazing about this. And again, it's forcing people to talk. That's how we reach people. Right. Actually, the reason that the court didn't rule on it kind of one way or another, they didn't say anything about it is because of the creative way that this was written in that it's not being enforceable by the government or the police or criminal charges. What it, what happens in this is if somebody knows of somebody getting an abortion, they can legally sue not the birth mother, but the provider or, for instance, like somebody who drives them to the clinic to get it done and gives them the money, somebody that enables the abortion. And it's not through the government. It's through private citizenry. And that's how the courts were really kind of stymied on whether they should rule on this because nobody's brought suit yet. So there's nobody to complain against. It's going to be really interesting to watch how this plays out in real time. Mm -hmm. In 2021, and we are in month, beginning month number nine, at least 90 state laws have been passed that restrict access to abortion, according to Guttmacher Institute. I think the fact that people are stepping out and stepping up and taking a stand, I think it's going to have an amazing impact on the assistance of spreading the word about adoption, because that hopefully will slide into the place as the default alternative to not parenting. Right. And so families and couples that are looking to build their family and wanting to adopt will hopefully have more choices than they've had previously, and they'll have more options and there'll be more availability. And so I think that's a really exciting aspect that I'm hoping will come to fruition. And I think that... uh... I'm sure if somebody's listening to this podcast, they already know. But I think it's important for podcasts like this and other people to get the word out that abortion is not the only option. 
adoption is always there. And unlike what Simone Biles said a few weeks ago, it is not expensive for the birth mother. It's It can be, again, for the adopting parents, but that's not the concern. You know, the concern is trying to put this baby in a place, in a home that is able to take care of the baby while the birth mother is not. That is an option that kind of lets you go, okay, maybe abortion isn't the way I should go. There is another answer. Right. And to, to take it a little further with what Simone Biles said, uh, we actually have our marketing person is reaching out to her to see if we can have her come on the show. We were inviting her on. So uh, we'll see if she will accept our invite so we can talk to her a little bit more about the statement that she made. On August 9th, in her Instagram story, Simone Biles wrote, also, for everyone gonna say, just put it up for adoption. She added with a string of rolling eye emojis. It's not that easy. And coming from someone who was in the foster care system, trust me, The foster care system is broken and it's tough, especially on the kids and young adults who age out and adoption is expensive. I'm just saying, and don't even come at me if you couldn't keep a mask on or refuse to wear one, she added. Okay. And then she came back on the 10th and made a statement that said, do not misconstrue my words. That is not at all what I implied. I did not say I support to adopt rather than put them through the foster care system. What I did imply is that you should not control someone else's body decision. Let's be real. What you care about is control. So I think having her come on the show and discussing, you know, what she means and, you know, maybe she's unaware of some of the truth behind these statements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be great to, you know, like we're trying to do with the podcast, try and educate her on what adoption provides and what it can provide. And, you know, I understand that that the foster system isn't perfect, but we're talking about a completely different entity here. Right. And there there is no cost of the birth mothers. That's huge. That is something that I think we really need to make sure that the public out there really understands. Mm -hmm. So with this uh, new law, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to watch how this plays out again when the first civil suit comes into play. What happens with that? It is very interesting. And like you said, in the meantime, who knows, you know, how many lives will and could be saved. So that's a huge thing. Now, do you think this is a step toward overturning the actual Roe v. Wade decision? Yes. I think you have to start somewhere. I Mm -hmm. think that just because this is a step in that direction, do I think that it's going to be the ultimate step that leads for that decision to be overturned? I don't know. But I think without a step in that direction, we're never going to get there. Right. And I think it takes education also because I don't think people understand what bad case law Roe v. Wade actually is. It's it's not written well, whether you're on the pro-life or pro-choice side. If you honestly look at the Roe v. Wade decision, which they based on the right to privacy and the Constitution, which isn't there. And then they said, well, the 14th Amendment, I'm going to read something. This is from the actual 14th Amendment, where they say is the right to privacy. And you tell me if you spot it in there, because I've read it 
I don't know how many times, and I can't find it. It says in Section 1, all persons born or naturalized in the United States are subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are citizens of the United States, and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. There is nothing in there, first of all, that says anything about abortion. And they say, oh, well, abortion is protected in the Constitution. There's nothing about the right to privacy in there. And as a matter of fact, when you say, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property, that's almost a pro-life argument right there. I guess you could say that all persons born or naturalized in the United States get these rights, but I, I, that's a semantic thing. I, I don't think you have to be born to have the right to life. I completely concur, mm -hmm. um, but I think that is the primal argument in pro-choice versus pro-life. They don't think it's a life until it's outside of the womb in and, many yeah, cases. Correct. And so I think that, again, these are— you know, as your children are getting older, um, you know, one thing that I have always done with with mine is we have a very open dinner table discussion and we talk about hot topics. And because our youngest is 10, obviously, we need to keep them all age appropriate. We always take mm -hmm. the youngest child age and make sure that that is like the line that anything that is not appropriate we don't go past that line, but we really open up these talks. You know, my children all understand what abortion is, what adoption is. They, you know, when we talk about parts of the body, we use the actual terminology rather than, you know, nicknames or things like that, because that can lead down other areas that aren't good if, if they're not using actual terminology. And so I think it's important to keep those dinner table conversations going. You know, make sure you're eating as a family, make sure that you're talking to your children, make sure that you are starting them with as much education. And it's not that you are grooming or training a child to grow up and believe a certain way like you do, maybe, but maybe just give them all the education. So at some point when they're an adult, they can make their own choices and they have that knowledge to do so. And I think that is very important in a way. I, I love how you guys approach that. But I wish that maybe my, you know, not I'm not trying to denigrate my mother. I wish she had gone into it with that kind of uh, approach, because, you know, when we were growing up, we were told, you know, abortion's wrong, but it never got any deeper than that. I mean, to where you really considered that choice and what it truly meant. And so I didn't give it the weight that it deserved when I was presented with a situation like that, and unfortunately, I made a decision that I still regret to this day, and it still hurts, and it still—I still feel guilt for, and I want to make amends and make it right and maybe help somebody else to not make that same choice. But in, in your defense, when we were growing up, you know, we grew up in the same era. Mm -hmm. My parents weren't discussing this at dinner tables. No. Um, the only real discussion about abortion that I learned growing up was when we had our, you know, sexual education classes in school. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know whether Planned Parenthood sponsored some of them or whatever, but man, everybody knew what Planned Parenthood was. They knew um, how to access them. They knew what their services were. So there was there was a big educational push in that direction. And so it wasn't, I don't think that anything that you were educated on or not educated on was really outside the norm. I think at that time, the push was, oh, if there, if you have an issue, you know, mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood will help you. And growing up, adoption wasn't spoken about like it is today. It wasn't known about like it is today. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like you were presented with all of these different options and educated on each one of them. I agree. And actually, you know, it wasn't just in the school system with the sex education programs and things like that. It was also in entertainment. The first real exposure I think I ever got to abortion was through the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now, they didn't, quote unquote, glorify it, but they presented it and they made it seem like, okay, that's your option. You can do that if you don't want to raise a child. And so obviously it's a film. It's supposed to be entertainment. It came from a book. It's not there to present every side but it sure didn't discourage people from, you know, the idea of, hey, if I get in trouble in this way, that's my option. I can I can take her or she can decide to go and get abortion. And so, yeah, it's I'm glad things are are changing and we are getting more information out there. Right. I think if you go back and you look at the 70s, 80s and even into the 90s, mm-hmm. And you count, you know, how many movies or TV shows or media exposure there was to abortion versus to adoption. You know, adoption was really focused around international adoptions. Mm-hmm. And so when you heard the word adoption, I mean, that was often a common association. And so I think that the push was more towards abortion. And I think that so we are, you know, as we are trying to educate and bring about adoption awareness, we are in, you know, we started off way back when in the negative because we had to combat the myths and the stereotypes and everything that was untrue and what people knew. Because what what you know from when you were younger is kind of what is ingrained in your head. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, you know, fight that current. And now we are not only educating people as a society, not just us, but just the whole adoption world, educating people, but now you know, states like Texas are taking the high road and actually doing the work of changing the laws. So I think that that's just amazing. And, you know, everybody a part of that should be commended. If you're pregnant and considering adoption, we are here for you and understand what you're going through. We've helped hundreds of women place their babies for adoption, and we want to help you as well. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. 
If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.